0: Hello and welcome to The Link Podcast. The Link Podcast is created to build community through conversation. We focus on stories of creatives, business owners, community leaders, and all around interesting people from the community of Lincoln, Nebraska. We welcome you to come learn about your neighbors as we have conversations with them and discover their stories. All right, welcome to the Link Podcast. Hey, what's going on? On this episode, we have Kurt Leininger. Um I would say he's a deep thinker. Yeah,
1: very, I think, I forget the term he said, but he's very much in his head. Yeah. And like has a lot of thoughts going on and like he expresses a lot of those thoughts and it's really just interesting to see what's going on in that brain of his.
0: Yeah, and I think... I think the thing that I love about every conversation I have with Kurt is you come away with like feeling like you can tangibly affect change in your life. Like you feel like you can tangibly like help somebody or love somebody better.
1: Yeah. He was very like inspiring and influential. Just the wisdom he has and the, the vision he provides.
0: Yeah. And I love that he's in Lincoln. Yeah. So, New Jersey boy here in Lincoln is gonna share some awesome theological thoughts with you. Hope you enjoy it. Yeah.
1: The the league. League. The league.
0: So welcome to the Link Podcast. Hello, hello. Uh, wanted to have Kurt Leiniger on here. Um, thank you for being on here. Um, he's been a great friend of mine and a great mentor of mine, and I really just wanted to dig into kind of his origin story and why and how you came to be in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's an so. honor to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate it. So okay. let's yeah. let's just kind of jump in. So how how long have you been in lincoln and then like what led you to get to lincoln and kind of how did that happen
2: yeah you know my family and i were we're almost at our two-year anniversary sweet Um, yeah two years in lincoln and uh, it was the summer of 2017 that my wife and i came to visit lincoln nebraska we had never been here in our entire lives um and we didn't know what to expect but uh, we heard things and we felt a buzz all the way out in New Jersey, um, just from some phone conversations and Skype calls that we had had with some people out here. And yeah, we just really sensed that this is something we needed to come and check out and explore, so.
1: You dove right in.
0: Did, we dove right did in, and not man. really check out. It was smart to have them get you here when it was warm out. <laughs> before <laughs> yeah. Before the ridiculous winter set in. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they, they warned us of the wind, too. And uh, yeah, we were walking around Lincoln. We're like, yeah, the, the wind never stops
0: around here. No.
1: <laughs> There's nothing to catch it, so it keeps blowing. Right?
0: So that kind of happened two years ago. And what kind of like, I guess, what kind of built up inside of you to like search to want to come here? Yeah.
2: Well, we, we had been in New Jersey for 20 years, you know, I'm Ohio born and raised and my wife is, uh, Michigan born and raised. And, but when we were first married, we took off from that part of the Midwest and went out to New Jersey and spent 20 years out there and saw our three kids be born out there. They were all Jersey kids. And, uh, it was, it was wonderful. You know, we spent about a decade, uh, the first decade of those 20 years in, in Princeton, New Jersey. And, uh. Wonderful college town, loved it. Um, great experiences, just a great cultural feel. Um, really felt like for my wife and I, that was just a time where we just like, man, I felt like we were just coming to life, and seeing so much of the world that was right there in Princeton. Uh, and then the second ten years, we headed up to to northern New Jersey, right outside New York City, and uh, we were living up there. And you know, but after twenty years, I would say about year eighteen, we just started to really feel like. Uh, our time in, in New Jersey had come to an end, you know? We didn't have any roots there, mm-hmm. you know, family-wise or anything like that. We'd, we'd loved the work that we had been doing there and um, loved a lot of the relationships that had been built and so many great experiences, but we just had this like feeling in our bones, you know, kind of deep inside that our, that chapter was done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we began to kind of, you know, make a short checklist of like, w- w- what kind of place excites us, you know? What kind of place has that magic to it where it kind of draws you in and there was something about maybe tapping back into our Midwestern roots there was something about a mid-sized city that was affordable you know and in particular where like youthful energy was there mm-hmm. um, college city was important to us too uh, so those were things that we were looking at and so we kind of had a you know a short list of, of some cities that we were looking at and of course then just the type of um life calling and the work that we're called to that was important and uh an opportunity arose to step into something right here in lincoln and yeah after that after that visit back in june in 2017 we just met some incredible people and had some amazing conversations and and knew that there was something that was happening here in this city that you just knew over the next couple of decades like wow if we get to be a part of this Mm this is gonna be really cool to just watch this story that's already happening in Lincoln continue to unfold.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah.
1: I, that's I, That blew me away. What were you doing originally when you were in New Jersey? Yeah,
2: yeah well, so, you know, back when I was in my mid 20s, uh, which was 21 years ago, uh, I was really wrestling with like, what, what do I wanna do with my life? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was working on a master's degree in public health care administration i always had a heartbeat for just like just seeing people come together and seeing the vulnerable cared for um seeing people who who maybe you know didn't get the treatment that they deserve like how do we how do we get people just the services and treatment that they need like that that was always something i think just as a kid i just had a soft spot in my heart you know and wanted to dive into that and um, but do, I was, where do you I was, think
0: that came from? You
2: know, that's a good question. I think honestly from my mom, you know, my mom just, she just had a soft spot in her heart and just yeah. loved people. I was kind of a mama's boy. You know, my dad was a total sports nut, you know, <laughs> he, he was like pitching, you know, big time college baseball and coached, you know, for a number of years. And I just didn't get his talent, you know, so as much <laughs> as I wanted to do that stuff, like I don't know. I just, I just always had a a soft spot in my heart for just people, you know, and and seeing Mm -hmm. people cared for. And so even at that time, I think, man, it was like mid nineties, you know, you got a sense that like healthcare in America was moving toward kind of a disaster even at that time, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so public healthcare administration and kind of stepping into that and maybe, you know, cultivating something new, but, um, working on my master's degree, like it, it, it lost its magic. I wasn't enjoying the classes. Um, and I always just enjoyed talking with people about the big questions of life. Mm-hmm. Why are we here? Where did this all come from? What are we to do with all of this? You know, is this heading somewhere? Yeah. So you know, kind of at that time in my life, it was like, man, I just felt like theological study and some philosophical study was just what I really wanted to dive into. And um, so you know, had that opportunity and and uh, working. Went to New Jersey because there was a church there that I could work at. Mm-hmm. And it was Princeton, you know, it was a fascinating place. It, it drew you in as far as just the cultures that were there and just the opportunities to learn, but yet also serve in a church environment as a pastor. Uh, it, and, you know, that, that stuck with me for a number of years. But after about probably 15 years of serving in a couple different churches, um, just frustration started to settle in. Um, You know i I think some of it was just internal frustration but then some of it was external frustration of things coming at us from from maybe even some of the religious communities around us Mm -hmm. and my wife and i are people who you know we we love to step into that which doesn't really have easy answers we're okay with the tension we're okay with gray areas yeah we're okay with just you know kind of stepping in and saying hey there doesn't have to be clean cut answers with this uh, but, but people need to be here and love needs to be here and something mm-hmm. needs to be done but you know sometimes religious institutions they're not okay with the gray you know yeah. they're not okay where things get sketchy like that so we had to step away for a little bit and uh, my wife and i just started to do a bunch of, of bivocational stuff working multiple different jobs um, and i was doing a newspaper thing for a while as a, as a layout editor uh, my wife and i were working with this Company called Transitions, helping people move out of their places and downsize, and just get rid of junk they had been collecting for twenty to thirty years. You know, as they're selling their big houses out there on the East Coast, and just doing some other things. But um, yeah, you know, we did that for about six years, being bi vocational, and just really sense like we think it's time to kind of step back into the work that we love to do with a mm-hmm. community of people who are asking these same questions. Mm. Um, and that's th- what
1: we found here in mosaic do you think like working like bivocationally helped you like create like more of a perspective on like what you were doing before and like is like shaped who you are now or do you think like you just like stuck with your guns a bit more
2: yeah it it definitely was it was challenging mm-hmm. uh but it was good like it, it was good to to just engage with some work that i hadn't done um for a number of years yeah and you know, sometimes just sitting down, like doing the newspaper job, like you know, the the page layout editor and everything. Even though newspaper is dying business, you know, it's just a small town newspaper. And like, but just sitting down and doing that work, it was a way for my, I think, head and heart just to clear up, you know, and just just lay out the pages for the day, yeah. you know, meet the yeah. deadline, go home and be yeah. done, you know. But Get then out just of your head, yeah, night. you know, and then just have the freedom to actually just step out into our neighborhood without any expectations from any church employer, you know, and mm-hmm. just say. Hey, how can we be here? How can we, how can we bless? How can we get to know you? Yeah. You know, what, what do we have to learn? You know, because mm-hmm. we, we felt like we just really wanted to continue to learn ourselves just about the community that was all around us.
0: Is that, do you think you've, you, do you think that cultivated in you what you feel like you're called to here? Definitely. Yeah.
2: You know, that, that season, uh, really led us to a point of realizing that if we were gonna step back into a community of people, a church community, that's, that's asking the right questions. And that's what was important to us, was finding a community that was asking the right questions more than did they have the right answers.
0: Mm-hmm. Ah.
2: And, and so stepping here into Lincoln and finding that community of people who were asking the right questions um, it keeps us kind of at a place where, I, I don't feel like I'm overseeing an institution. I don't feel like I'm overseeing something that you know, is trying to get everyone to make sure they check the right boxes. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm actually like just really uh, having an opportunity to step in and help lead an environment, a community where people are out in their community, you know, in, in just all the trenches of their community, doing amazing work. Uh, bringing about life and transformation and, and uh, just hope for people. So
0: yeah, what what do you think about Lincoln surprised you the most, other than it being ridiculously cold and windy?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know when we came out here that that summer of twenty seventeen, I was amazed at the the cultures that were here. I was amazed at uh, I, I didn't realize the the history of some of the uh, immigrant population that had settled here in lincoln so that was very exciting for us you know coming from new jersey where that was present we loved that about new jersey and and although we knew our time there was up we didn't want to leave that completely so mm-hmm. to know that was right here in lincoln to know that you know there were still many cultures right here to interact with uh, that was that was a wonderful thing um, and i think then also what surprised us is, is We knew this was a college town, you know, and college towns generally have a feel where things are just, they're moving forward, you know, Mm -hmm. because college towns, a lot of times they're they're asking the right questions, or at least they're asking questions. And if you're asking questions, (laughs) eventually you'll ask some good right questions. Um, So we sensed, we, we knew that that would be here, but the more we met people in various places who were doing specific things, we were just amazed at uh, the, the boundaries that were that were being pushed, you know and just kind of the the inroads that people were having and some of the the work that they were doing in community development uh restoring neighborhoods, restoring families um and so those were things that that you know we had a sense that they'd be there, but we didn't realize the magnitude hmm. that they were here in lincoln and that's been that's been something that uh, has really excited us
0: yeah i mean i think that's i think that's honestly what makes part of Lincoln unique is how many cultures we do have and then how many little pockets of just interesting communities we have throughout Lincoln. And that's one of the big reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is because it's like, how can we connect and reach so many different little nooks and crannies inside of Lincoln? How, how many different stories can we tell Mm -hmm. that people would never hear of like how did this guy come from New Jersey and end up here? Like how did these two brothers start a knife making company and they're making crazy knives that are selling all over the world? Like just different stuff like that to really hone in on just how our community is built and how it's like grown and how it is continuing to grow is really why I want to do this podcast. So yeah, Yeah, I agree with all that. I appreciate you being a part of it. What you keep talking about asking the right questions and give me like, uh, maybe give me like three or four questions that you consistently ask yourself to either make yourself feel like you're asking the right questions or to like, understand how, how to create that tighter knit community yeah, great question <laughs>
2: You know, um, I have always been drawn to people like I like I said a little while ago who are just kind of pushing into areas to bring about transformation and mm. renewal and and hope for people. Um, and that, that's that's tiring work. It's exhausting work now I think you know when you're when you're in your 20s you got a lot of energy and so you can step into that and and you could apply a lot of energy Mm -hmm. to that Mm. one of the things one one of the questions I began to ask is is the more I started to listen to people who were doing that type of work and really giving themselves to that is i began to become aware of really just some stories of tragedy where people who were giving themselves to some really good work um just ended up burning out Mm -hmm. um you know even stories where it it, people would burn out to the point where they they would end their story Mm. and the question i began to ask myself is why does that have to happen Mm. and um I, th- I think you know f- when you're giving yourself to something, and when you're pouring your heart and soul into something, and when you're when you're pushing into new ground, and you're trying to push into boundaries. I mean, the, the status quo doesn't really honor that for the most part. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the status quo likes what's working for it. Yep. So when when you're forging a new future, um, you can feel exhausted. And eventually, you'll just feel tired, and maybe even reach a point of despair. Um, and you, you either just give up, check out, whatever. So for me, it was like, how do we how do we help create a community of people who are doing this kind of thing, but where they realize, hey, let's support each other in this. Hmm. But then also, and, and this is where you know, I just mentioned you know my my love and exploration of just theological questions. For me, you know, I'm a firm believer that the desire to do those things, the desire to bring about renewal and transformation and healing and hope, that's what the divine is all about. Mm -hmm. And so not only how do you create a community where these people can support one another, but a community where actually these people would know that the divine is is with you and actually able to sustain you and keep you going Hmm. in the work that you're called to do um so So hopefully that unpacks a couple of the questions you know that that kind of led me to to this
0: place absolutely i think there's just there's so many questions that i hear people asking that i'm like i don't think you're asking the core of the problem like how do we fix poverty well we just need to give people money well is that that's not going to solve the issue you know, it's not right. going to bring people out of poverty. It may bring them out of poverty for a day, but it's not going to bring them out of poverty for a lifetime yeah. or the next generation.
2: Yeah. One, One of the things, things Stefan, that, that, you know, the community of people back in New Jersey um, that I was with, we we found ourselves using this phrase called impact idolatry. Hmm. And when when you're doing work, and you want to make a difference. You want to make an impact. You want to see change. Uh, and, and eventually, if you don't see change happening fast enough, or if you don't see the change that you want to see, that's when you start the frustration builds, the angst builds, the despair builds. You just, you, you, you tire, you burn out. And we realize, like, let's, let's stop and ask the question, like, are we engaged in impact idolatry here? You know, we're actually, we've turned impact into the idol hmm. rather than just, being present and realizing like the best work, you know, being involved in the best work of renewal and change and transformation, it's a slow, long process. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it it takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that we wanted to kind of ask ourselves is are we willing to exist in a community that's supporting one another, that's finding, you know, the, the divine who is with us fueling us in this movement but realizing like this takes time can we slow down can we learn just to be present in this Mm -hmm. and even if we have to go through a long season where we don't see a lot of impact can we still believe that there's something happening here yeah uh you know and maybe along the way you might see some some quick change every now and then and you celebrate that when you see that which is really cool
0: yeah i feel like andy had a question you were like me yeah, you like perked up
1: no i was i, mean, I was adjusting <laughs> but also i mean i i'm just thinking of like obviously like you are, like are like a super well-educated human but like what has like r- like rooted this like why do you look for places that ask the right questions like what is it like the point to you like
2: yeah Um, I think just people who are asking the right questions, I I think are really primed for, for moving into the future Mm -hmm. and what the future has, you know, it's because people who aren't asking the right questions are are really just trying to create, uh, a a story of answers that they already have. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't, I really don't believe those are the people who are, who are creating the future, you know, who Mm -hmm. are cultivating the future. Um, the reality is, you know, the, the future is a gift that, that we I think it's something we receive more than we create, but as, as we receive it, um, you know, we learn to ask the right questions of just what's happening around us. Who are the people around us? Um, how do we notice them as people, not just, you know, objects to be served or given something, but actually, you know, truly learning how to like just dwell together, you know, and, mm-hmm. and be together and create, uh, just a, a community, um, of just love and mutual support and encouragement, you know, learning how to work together, and it's just, it's just a long, slow work. And uh, it, was, it was interesting when we flew into Lincoln back in the summer of 2017. You know, we had always flown into to Newark or, or LaGuardia, uh, and, and there's water. There's water. You can see water in in you know any yeah. direction. And when we flew in here, and I think we saw like a little lake somewhere in Lincoln, a capital lake maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Capital yeah. Beach, yeah. Capital Beach, something yeah. like that. And uh, but for the most part, like, there was no water. And so for us, that was like, wow, we haven't landed in a place in a long time where where you can't see water. It was just land forever. And uh, but after a few days, we were here and we're like, it strikes us almost like an island culture, except instead of being surrounded by you know water on all sides, it was surrounded by fields. Yeah on all sides, but yet Lincoln felt like it had to us this island vibe where it's like, hey, we're Lincoln and we take care of each other. Mm-hmm. You know, We're taking care mm-hmm. of our place, we're moving it forward. And, and regardless of what your story is and why you're here, we see you, we value you and, and we want you to be a part of what's going on and we wanna help you become just more whole in your journey. So mm-hmm. that was something that just really intrigued us about this place.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I have I have literally never thought about that. Yeah. I I completely agree that there is this. That there is a deeper sense of community in Lincoln. I mean, even from just like Omaha. Even. I mean, I not to badmouth Omaha. Sorry, Omaha people. <laughs> Omaha's great. But I I don't know if you can have that type of community with that big of place. Yeah. Because it seems like. Everybody always says Lincoln's a, a small big town. You know, it's like it's small enough that you like see people that you would know, but it's not too small where it's like you see somebody you know every single time you go to the store. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, I I thoroughly enjoy it because of that. What yeah. what do you think um how do you think your mind has changed or morphed um, since you've moved to lincoln i feel like you're a person that's always kind of like trying to grow and figure out like okay what is the next thing for me as as i grow as a human what do you think since you've moved here what do you think has kind of like shifted or changed in your brain yeah it's i think one thing that's helped
2: um is moving to a place where the pace here is still pretty quick i mean it's a college town there's a lot of things happening in this city but but i do think you know with it being more of a a smaller community than just kind of the vastness of the the new york city sprawl that even you know went into the part of northern new jersey where we spent the last 10 years um, is just the ability to really just kind of slow down and and pay attention to the people that are around, you know, le- learning how to, I think really honor the small incremental changes that are happening all around. And how can I be a part of, of helping some of that small incremental change? So for me, it's been, you know, like, hey, some people have a, a big vision and they're built to run with it. And I think th- I think there's a place for that in the world, no doubt about it. I, I love people with that story. Um, that necessarily hasn't been my story, you know. My story has been one of, of every time I've tried to do that, I, I just haven't seen the movement that I wanted mm-hmm. to see. You know, <laughs> I've noticed that the best movement that I've seen happening around me is just tending to the small incremental transformation that's happening around, and that requires just slowing down, um, being more more mindful of just the stories and the people who are around. And I think Lincoln is a prime place for that, you know, because uh, I I don't know. I mean, maybe people who've lived here longer than me would say, no, I, I have no problem getting the car and driving it away from Lincoln. I feel really rooted here because... Everything just feels so far away to me. <laughs> yeah, like, even, even a three-hour drive to Kansas
1: City feels so far away. Yeah, you you ever, know, like yeah. drove east on I eighty, going all the way across Nebraska back to Lincoln. Yeah, like, your entire life. <laughs> so,
2: I- I've loved just like really just being rooted here and discover the discovering the the power that is really in rootedness (laughs) you know and and just seeing you know the same people over and over the same places over and over um noticing just the the small little areas of of change and renewal that are happening and just keep showing up in those places and ask well what what can i bring to help continue with that that renewal you know that change that restoration
0: what what uh i'm gonna take a very surface level change here but what are the what are the food places you've been like wow like nice. this food's actually really good cuz I feel like New Jersey yeah. is pretty tough to contend with as far as like good food.
2: I, I would agree. That's that continues to be a little bit of a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> um, nonetheless, you know, th- there are some places that I've I've really, you know, have come to enjoy. Um, You know, so Italian food out in New Jersey was, especially in in northern New Jersey where we were, that was a big deal.
0: It was just on point.
2: Oh, I mean, it was just, yeah. And just a ton of places to choose from, you know. (laughs) And it was great because actually in in New Jersey, uh, towns are only allowed to have so many liquor licenses. So most Hmm. of these places were BYOB. So you could bring your favorite $10 bottle of wine And you, you know, you get two entrees and you're out of there for 38 bucks and you bring your own bottle of wine and you're golden, man. And it was like just food that was amazing. So, you know, I'm not a big fan of driving to the edge of town, but when it comes to Italian, you know, like some of the Italian that I've had at Momo has been really good. I've enjoyed what I've had there, you know, um, there's some good burritos kind of all throughout Lincoln, you know, which is good stuff. A few different places. Uh, although somebody sent me to, uh, what's the late night place uh, with the... De Leon's? Yeah, <laughs> that that was a... Yeah, I don't no, know, man. The man. next morning, Obviously. I don't know if I was up for that. <laughs> you, were, you were
1: thinking oh, burritos good around town. The first one that popped in my head was De Leon's. Yeah. <laughs> I almost had a De Leon's burrito for breakfast today.
0: <laughs> De Leon's is like the... Is the typical college... Mm. Got four dollars to scrape together to buy a burrito. I don't know their prices now. I'm paying eight bucks for a burrito. Oh my goodness. Yeah.
1: But they're like child sized burritos. <laughs> <laughs> they're huge.
2: You know, my wife and I enjoy going to, uh, so so we we kind of like the vibe that Mars Bar has down on O Street. And okay. there's, there's yep. a guy by the name of Nick uh, who's doing some stuff back in the kitchen back there. And his story actually is fascinating to me because uh, he just was in there um, having drinks one night and he knew there was a kitchen in the back. And so I think he asked the bar manager, hey, can I make some food here? Uh, and, and he started making some food. And, and so I think it's Wednesday through Saturday night. Maybe it's Wednesday through Sunday night that he's there in the back. And it's a very small menu. The menu changes every week. Huh. Um, but we love what Nick's been bringing. It's, it's fun, you know, and that's, that's the stuff that's fun to find, you mm-hmm. know, the stuff that you don't always see advertised, the stuff that you don't always hear about. Yep. But this is someone who, and he had worked in some other, I, w- I won't say what restaurants, you know, that he's worked at, but he's worked at some other restaurants here, but he just wanted to do his own thing mm-hmm. and, and uh, really didn't have the creative freedom to do that. So here's a kid who, you know, he, he can't be over 30 and he steps in and, you know, says to the bar manager, hey, can I start making some food? That's and we've, awesome. we've thoroughly enjoyed his stuff yeah huh. it's great I'll have, that's to, I'll have to go check it definitely out. go check it out that's that's definitely been a favorite
0: what have yeah. been like what have been like community spots where you felt like maybe maybe either like it reminds you of something from new jersey or like spots where you feel like like oh i can i can breathe here and i can just like hang out at this spot like what are what are different spots like that, yeah. that you found? yeah i think you know a lot of
2: a lot of downtown lincoln uh, and even just kind of the edges of downtown have provided that um you know some of the coffee shops right here in town are wonderful you know the the bay coffee shop i always love going there I, I love the vibe of that place <laughs> you get to you know? see andy uh yeah, yeah i love seeing andy there Um, you know, Cultiva Coffee. I I love hanging out at that place. And and it's always just so easy to strike up a conversation uh, with someone, you know, you're sitting there at the tables and you're nice and close to each other. Um, You know, just even walking the streets, you know, I think walking the sidewalks of of kind of downtown Lincoln and, and, you know, the heartbeat of, of the city, the outskirts of the city, walking the sidewalks, it's People are approachable, you know, and and Mm -hmm. I think for the most part, you know, people are living at a slower pace than what you would often see sometimes Mm -hmm. on the East Coast, you know, so just to even strike up a conversation and you start talking about whatever, you know, life, whatever's happened in that day, work, you know, kids, whatever it might be. uh, It's all good. Really enjoyed that.
0: What, I'll take a little, another, maybe deeper turn, I guess. What, what do you think as far as like our our community as a, like a climate, what do you, what, what things do you see that maybe are like concerning to you as a culture? And what do you think there's things that you're seeing that you really love and you like want to encourage in our culture, like as Lincoln, as a community? Yeah. Cause I think it's interesting because you, yes, you've been here for two years, but you do still have like an outside perspective as far as like, Living in the East Coast for twenty years, comparative to like, I've all I've known is Lincoln. So yeah. like, what what do you think as far as like, community and culture wise that you're like, man, that's really cool, or like, also like, oh, that's really dangerous. Like yeah. as a as a Midwest town. Mm-hmm. And you I know, apologize it, for hitting so hard. No, with these no, that's good. That's good. Yeah, because <laughs> I didn't you give got you any good brain any. to pick. So we're gonna take I a look again. I love it. I didn't give you any any
2: time. To no, prepare. this is good so. stuff. This is good stuff. Um, you know, yeah. Just going back to, I think what Lincoln has going forward again is just the the the, the pioneering spirit, um, the ability to to ask questions and pu- and push boundaries and try new things. Uh, I think that's real positive for Lincoln. At the same time, I would say that, you know, sometimes what I see in Lincoln is the same thing that I would see in pockets of the East Coast, is uh, it can be real easy for people to kind of settle into the answers that they've come across, you know, at least the answers that they've made for themselves on certain, whatever it is, you know, this Mm -hmm. issue, how to handle this, how to deal with this, how to approach this. And then, you know, it's sometimes I I see, you know, certain kind of, you know, well, this camp is forming over here and this camp is forming over here. And you can see kind of, you know, just the culture of just division and Mm -hmm. angst, and I don't see a lot of that in Lincoln, which is beautiful. But at times yeah. I see some of it, yeah. you know. And and my hope for Lincoln is, you know, I get concerned because right here we go, guys. You know, 2020 is coming. You know, for another sure. election year. You know, yep. and it's like, how do we, how do we as a culture get out of this? You know, us versus them mentality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like how, how do we learn to just, you know, ask the right questions, sit in the tension together, realize that maybe none of us have you know, the answer is down as much as we'd like to, um, and try to really learn how to listen to someone who maybe comes from a slightly different perspective than us, uh, or at least model to them as much as you can what it looks like to listen if they're not willing to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as, as as much as that can happen. You know, the reality is some sometimes you can't even waste your time because People have no interest in, in listening and dialoguing. Yeah. You know, so you just kinda all right, I will just step away from this. You know, yeah. if I have any pearls, I'm just gonna cast them out here and they're just gonna get trampled on. You know, like in the words of Jesus, they'll get just trampled on by pigs, you know, so forget it. You know, like why throw your pearls? Don't toss them out there, you know? So, you know. But but I think that that's one of the things that I hope for Lincoln is I, I see that and I, I don't want that to go away. You know, like how mm-hmm. do we how do we just be a city where those us versus them divisions aren't here? Mm. you know where we can truly learn to listen and engage one another and even where there are differences and, and, uh, things that we may not agree on, you know, we can still honor each other and care for each other and, and respect each other.
0: How, how, how could you, or I guess like, what are the steps I guess for somebody who feels like they can't physically talk to that person because it repulses them? Like, what do you, what do you think? Like, are some just really i guess like nuts and bolts things that people can do to really continue building a community that's just yeah l- wants to listen to each other that's that's a great great question and
2: i still catch myself from time to time with those mm. feelings on the inside i'll I'll be faced with someone who I know is is you know thinking and dealing something with something in a way very different than I would. And what I've learned to do is I I think just awareness of when that happens in you, just being aware of that. And then asking, all right, I know that this is here, but how do I not allow this to take over mm-hmm. my forward movement right now? You don't have to beat yourself up that it's there. Yeah. You know, just realize like it is there, you know, and you, you get that angsty frustration and you just wanna, you know, either lash out or walk away or, mm-hmm. you know, just say, forget it, you know. But I think just being aware of that and saying, okay, now, now that I'm aware of it, let's not allow this to be the thing that leads me forward. Hmm. But instead, I know one, one of the mentors I had, you know, in, in my life early on, he really valued curiosity. And, and learning to be curious just about the people and the places that are around you. And so even if you know that you you strongly disagree with someone, can I at least be curious enough to know maybe what what's led them to this place? Because there's probably a story that's been at work for many years, or maybe there's an ideology that's present in their life, just like I can have ideologies that are present in my life. Mm-hmm. And so rather than just labeling this person as you know a jerk or someone who doesn't get it, or whatever, because uh, phenomenal author, um, David Dark is his name, and he, and he talks about the dangers of, of labeling other people and really how that, in a lot of ways, is an act of violence in our world, because if I label somebody, I can just quickly dismiss them and I don't have to deal with them as a real person. Mm-hmm. You know, it allows me just to kind of put a label on them and say that's who they are, they are and walk away, rather than actually engaging with people in places around me with a level of curiosity to say, but what's led this person to this point? You know, what 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 ideology might be at work? And and therefore how do I if, if I really want to see change take place, change isn't, you know, and there's there's proof in these studies. Like if you just try to to argue with someone to prove your point, literally all you're doing in your brain and their brain is you're just putting people in their camps further and further. Yeah. You know, like that—that that really happens at a, at a physiological level. You know, but once you engage with somebody with a level of curiosity and interest in wanting to get to know their story, what you're doing is you're breaking new ground. And again, it, it, you won't feel the impact right away. So that goes back to the impact idolatry that I was talking about before. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's like, well, I, I'd rather win an argument because if I can just win an <laughs> yeah, argument and yep. prove this person's foolishness, there, you know, yep. I had impact. Well, no, yep. you didn't. You just had impact idolatry. You know, but but if I engage somebody with a level of curiosity and really, you know, like that's where, that's where real change begins to take place and happen. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what I hope for Lincoln. I hope for Lincoln, like I hope that we see that happen more and more. You know, I see it happening in various places and mm-hmm. I hope that we can be a city, just a curious city, curious of each other's stories, why we are where we are, what's led us to, to be at the places that we're at right now the things that we think the things that we believe why we do things um but then having that level of curiosity we're learning from each other and together you know like like this beautiful community we're forging a new way forward in, into the future that's before us
0: and that's honestly that's like one of the biggest things that i feel like my grandpa just in instil- instilled onto our family is he's just the most i would like to have him on the podcast but he's like the most curious person i've ever met still to this day he'll come up to somebody and ask him just be like hey what what do you do what does your dad do and and everybody's like why are you asking these questions (laughs) but he like gets to the heart of somebody within five ten minutes just because he's curious about who they are as a person and i mean he's lived all over the world and that's what's really made him who he is is just his willingness to step into weird situations ask great questions and be genuinely curious about other humans i mean yeah. there's a story where he was in a field he's an entomologist he was in a field and all of a sudden he crossed a syrian border and got picked up by the border patrol i still think he's a cia agent but so he got took, he got taken. <laughs> just, yeah, just yeah. throw that in there. Just, <laughs> he out. got taken and like interrogated from them for like a half a day and nobody knew where he was before cell phones and everything like that. And then he just showed back up at the house or whatever. And they're like, what were you doing? It's like, Oh, I was just talking with him. Just That's like, fascinating. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm like, just like that, that level of just curiosity and like a willingness to not label somebody yeah is so powerful yeah and
2: and in today's world where you know it's man we live in an anxious culture we live in a divisive culture so when you truly interact with somebody who who um appears curious and who comes across as willing to slow down and listen and not having to prove yeah it really is It's, it's it's bravery that you don't necessarily see it that way, but then the more you think about it, you're like, that takes a lot mm-hmm. of courage. Yeah, and and to even, when you interact with a person like that, it leaves a it leaves an imprint on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you almost feel like, man, I interacted with something here that is truly unique and special. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, you want yeah. more of it, you know? Yeah. Who doesn't want to interact with yeah. curious people who are slowing down and listening and asking, not afraid yeah. to ask questions, lots and lots and of
0: questions. And who, who doesn't want to hang out with somebody that is interested in them? right exactly yes you know yes because if if somebody's just interested in all they're doing it's like wow well, I, I don't want to talk about him he's just going to talk about himself the whole time yeah so yeah that's interesting what what do you think um we were talking about curiosity for a while it made me think about this like what's what's y- curious with you yeah what <laughs> what's your uh right now, what do you think is like the thing you're most curious about? Like what's, what do you Mm. find yourself like either like going to sleep or like waking up in the morning going like, I wonder about this. And it could be, Mm. it could be easy as like, I wonder why this record sounds this way. Or, you know, it could be as simple as that. It's just, I've, I ask people this all the time. I just think it's a fun question.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, you know. I'll ask you next. so man my my kids my kids bringing them here from new jersey to uh from new jersey here to lincoln you know they were 17 15 and seven when we moved here so to watch them i'm I'm very curious to see how this move to lincoln continues to shape and develop in them Mm. you know these these jersey born and raised kids who never had Midwest experience Um, and I so as a dad you know I I love watching that so that's something that that's right in front of me every day and and just saying you know not how do I I I have no desire to control their stories or dictate what their stories turn out to be like I just I'm very curious to see what interests they have and how can I come alongside them and help those interests develop so that's that's really something that excites me day to day I think, you know, bigger picture, um, yeah, you know, it's, I think just looking at what's happening right now, uh, world history has always kind of fascinated me, you know, and and especially kind of the rise and fall of empires Mm -hmm. throughout the long span of history. You know um whether it was the there's a lot of that man a lot of that you know i mean you you look at the long span of history and just you know the rise and fall of empires and you realize none of them were around forever you know so there's these moments where i'm just like what what about this nation that we live in here you know it's been a sure i've been a, a i've been blessed by what america has to offer you know that's not not everybody can say that Um, I think, you know, America is one of those things that's like, there's so many things that we love, but then if you're willing to ask questions, you're also like, but why did it have to happen this way and this way? Mm -hmm. And so I think just on a, on a grand scale, you know, one of the questions I find myself just, you know, asking or being curious about is like, where, where is this American empire headed? You know, Mm -hmm. will it be here forever as we've known it? Probably not. Yeah. What will it look like? I don't know. You know what's yeah. it going to require from all of us as far as the change and what's going to happen.
1: And you're making my gears just go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so what's, that's, so that's what insane. makes you? What makes you? Curious, um. Andy? I
1: mean, a really general one. What I'm doing with my life. That's a, what I ask myself a lot. But um, like as like what you like you like kind of sparked this question is like when I think of like why people kind of like divide themselves is like i see it as like bits of like whether it's like fear and insecurity and like why like you kind of like turn a shoulder to somebody it's like maybe not intentional but it's like this person is different from me or this person's unfamiliar so like there's like fear and insecurity on like like even like walking the like like walking through the park like i always like have this thought of like when you're like oh just taking a stroll like not everybody's gonna say hi to you. And like you like instantly think, oh, that person's like a jerk. A bad person. A bad person just <laughs> because like you don't have any other thought about it. And so yeah. how do you think like we can change that like kind of like stigma of like negative thinking about like the unknown mm. instead of like, Or other posi- humans. Yeah, or like yeah. positive thinking. Yeah. So I mean like just example, like I just try to say hi to everybody I know. Like
0: yeah. we used to, when we were kids we lived on a cul-de-sac so either they were neighbors or they were lost and you could tell right away if somebody was lost or if they were a neighbor but there was always those neighbors that that wouldn't wave (laughs) and it's still to this day i literally think like it did something inside of me that like i have to be a friend to everybody yeah because i would get so mad when somebody would drive past and wouldn't wave at me. yeah, And it would just drive me insane. Cause I'm like, why don't you like me? (laughs) And so like now, like Brooke even talks about it now. It was like, we have, we would have new neighbors moving across the street and stuff. And I'd be like, I've tried to wave to this guy like 10 times and he won't wave. Like what's wrong with him? Do I just need to go like over there? Do I need to go over there and like (laughs) talk to him? Yeah." so that's not what i'm curious about but i just think it's funny how rooted that like is in your life and you don't even realize it yeah andy you talk
2: about you know yeah just kind of the awkwardness of it you know sometimes and and, you know being curious and like engaging with other people and you know especially if someone appears to be very different than you you know i'm like am i allowed to do this and i remember a number of years ago you know someone saying like every time you lean into something that feels awkward generally like you know there's a few moments where you're like oh man i leaned into that it felt awkward and like that it was awkward from beginning <laughs> to end but <laughs> yeah. then there's those moments and a lot of times this happens where it's like it was awkward at first but i am so glad i leaned into that yeah. because yeah. look what came from it
1: exactly like you well, know and
2: that's where i've tried to even in my own life go ahead and lean into the awkward kurt like mm-hmm. just lean into it you know it's all right because chances are there might be a gem on the other side of, of leaning into that
1: and i think the scale of it is like so infinite that entire idea, which is crazy. Yeah. There's this, there's this punk song that I like. Okay, this is the, like the reason why like it, it's just playing in my head over and over again. The, like the chorus is like fear leads to pain, like fear leads to pain, pain leads to anger, and anger leads to hate. And mm-hmm. that just like you can talk about with like politics or like even just like a person you like know that you're afraid of. And I just think it's nuts. So I'm like, how can we change that? Like, why? What can we do differently? That stops that from happening yeah yeah and i and think it, like you hit the like the hammer on the head when you're talking about like just being curious of other people you hit the, the nail ha- the on the hammer, hammer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <I paused> it. <laughs> we're with you i'm like uh um, i saw kai and <laughs> Stefan both just kind of go like what <laughs> i was tracking the whole way i yeah, knew where you were you at andy, andy. Thank you. <laughs> do
0: you have any questions back there kai you've been thinking about anything
1: what am i curious about
0: um I've been really, it's going to be very, very kind of like dumb, I guess, comparative to what both of you guys kind of brought up. But I've just been curious about like how to not feel like there's never enough. And like how to, how to break like the cycle of, because I feel like, In America, there's like, it's always kind of said that like, you can have as much as you want and you can get as much as you want, but it's like, if you're in a certain mindset, it's never going to be enough. Hmm. So like, that's where I've like been thinking in my, in my head a lot is like, as I'm like bringing a new child into the world, I'm like. Okay, like, how do I make sure that one, this kid feels cared for, but two, like, doesn't feel like he doesn't have enough or that there's some of sort of this scarcity that we don't talk about when we have everything we have. And that's kind of like been on my mind a lot. It's like, what, how do you not create a scarcity mindset when you have so much? Yeah. But,
2: that's such a great, curious thing to sit with.
0: But, yeah, and I'm, I, I, and I I'm like, literally not even anywhere close to mm-hmm. figuring it out, but that's where I'm at. I'm just, like... Dude, that is so nuts. That I'm having a kid, yeah. That, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: but, I mean, like, I see it as just, like, a balance and, like, maybe your approach to it of how you create it versus, mm-hmm. like like I have no clue. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to think about.
0: Well, I mean, you just think think like American culture and then think like your family growing up. Mhm. Was it was your were your parents always talking about like how they didn't have enough to pay this or like enough to do this or enough to do this? Or was it like Yes, we have enough like we don't need X yeah you know like right. what was portrayed and I could say with all of my heart that both happened in my household mm-hmm. and I think that would be okay to say that. and I think my parents would agree with that is they probably felt both ways at both times. but I don't think one's right or wrong right, but it's also like how do I create? Sp- do I just feel like I need to make more? Mm-hmm. Do I always make more so that they feel like they do? They always have enough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
2: Yeah, and that's you know I think that that's just given the culture that we live in, and even you see what's happening around the world right now, and it's you know everyone at both the macro and the micro levels is trying to grab a hold to make sure that they have enough, mm-hmm. and but yet we realize how that's caused so much division and breakdown, you know, and can we trust that, yeah, there, there is enough, you know, and it's how do we learn to scale back and share and, you know, learn to trust in the simple things that are, you know, right before us day to day. But, and that's where I'm thankful, you know, for for me, having a community of people around me, like, and this is, you realize, I think in African cultures, I know I was over in Kenya and Uganda about 10 years ago, and one of the things that struck me was, Um, You know, they didn't have a lot of of necessarily like material wealth, but they were so wealthy in relationships and Mm -hmm. community. And that struck me like, and that's what I love even here in Lincoln, because I feel like Lincoln is a place and we can, we need to continue moving forward in this way. But like, this is a place that really does have some wealth in just community Mm -hmm. and relationships in a spirit of working together, you know? And so the more I step into community, the more I, I have people around me. Hey, even if I'm poor in material goods, I'm actually really wealthy in mm-hmm. community. And that's a yeah. that's a beautiful thing to celebrate.
0: Yeah. What do you what do you think? Where do you think your mind tends to go to like cuz I could easily see with how well how your mind works at least. Do you think your mind automatically goes to positive or do you think it goes to like curiosity and questioning like what where do you feel like your mind ends up normally yeah it's this is this is a process i think that each of us have to develop in ourselves i
2: think there's some people out there who are just naturally bent to curiosity and, and you know are not afraid to just keep asking questions but i think for the most part you know it's, it's not necessarily our natural instinct to want to keep growing in, in curiosity. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's something that you, you just, you know, mindfulness is a word that we toss around a lot. You know, it's just being mindful of, of you know, what am I really experiencing in my life on my insides? You know, can I day to day, I try in my own life to just observe myself non-judgmentally, you know, mm-hmm. creating a space where, Hold on. Let me just step back, observe the day. Let me just kind of take a look at myself. You know, observe what happened, and and do this in a non-judgmental way. You know, you know, today I I wasn't so much curious. Today I was really caught up in just kind of, you know, um, taking care of myself, and I was, you know, anxious about this, and I was concerned about this, and um, you know, and so just being able to observe yourself, and then say, okay, how can I look forward to tomorrow? Um, with a better sense mm-hmm. of what I would like to be, what I'd like to display. Um, and then even just you know getting out of bed in the morning and having some type of tangible practice that reminds you of that. Hmm. You know For me, it's just when I get out of bed in the morning, I put my feet on the floor and I, it's, I, I rub my toes and my bare feet on the floor as a way of just grounding myself hmm. and reminding myself of, this is a rule of life that I've created for myself to remain curious, open, live from a place of gratitude, you know, for the another day to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's just a simple practice of just grounding myself in that day. So it, it's a process. It's something that I think we all have to develop yeah. in our lives. Otherwise it it's not often our natural bent.
0: Yeah. I completely agree. I my morning routine blows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like roll out of bed and like in unless I have 10 minutes to get somewhere, I'm like, mm, eh, I'm probably going to go back to sleep. Like I just, that just, I don't know if it was from like touring or what, but it was just like you roll out of bed and you're gone. Like that's it. And I've, I've tried to have a morning routine and it just, i can't sucks My so work, I'm, have, I'm 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 working we have on this excellent
1: morning routines it's just lay out of like lay in bed <laughs> until you have to. <laughs> until you yeah, absolutely have to. absolutely until, i can't I, lay here yeah. anymore <laughs> yep. until i put you at work in 10 minutes that's pretty much <laughs> yeah. it but, like that's like it's hard but also once like if you've done it like mm-hmm. I, like it's, it's the worth best that. feeling but i don't know why it's just the hardest thing <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on it together <laughs> For some reason. it's crazy do you set time for yourself, Kurt, to like, to reflect? Or is it just like a kind of like a thing that's constantly happening in your head on like, like, okay, like I did this today because of this. Or like, do you like have like an hour every evening where you like sit and write, like <laughs> kind of like annotate your day or like yeah. your thoughts?
2: No, it's it's definitely not that long. You know, it's, it's, it's little moments. I found for me, it's just being mindful of little moments throughout the day. So, you know... I, I, I try to be mindful of just how I tend to distract myself with things, you know? So instead of like the instinct is always there to pick up our phones and look at it in any, in any down moment we have, you know? So just realizing like, you know, I'm just gonna leave my phone in my pocket right now and I'm, I'm going to resist that urge. And instead I'm going to utilize whatever it is, you know, is it this 60 seconds sitting here at this stoplight or is it waiting in this line at the checkout lane, you know, like just looking for those natural moments that are already there. Cause the reality is I can't, I can't make this time in my life. All I can do is cultivate the space that's already there and learn how to use it in more effective ways. So for me, it's been, how do I do that? You know, at night, you know, I love to entertain myself, you know, listening to music or watching a show and and that's great, you know, but sometimes like it's, how do I have, you know, at least a couple nights a week where I can just pause and reflect on what's happened in that day or the last two or three days, you know, and yeah, there's a, um, Saint Ignatius uh, has this prayer of examine it's called and, and it's a it's really just a process of looking back at the last 24 hours being mindful of things that you're that you're filled with gratitude because of these things and not it's not like creating a thank you list hey thank you for this I'm grateful for this I'm grateful for this but it's actually going back and save, savoring those moments again. Mm. So a food that you ate, like recall the taste and what it was like, that person you met in the conversation that you had and what it was about that, that you like savor that, you know, that, that moment you had of, of engaging in your work, whatever it is, and like you felt yourself coming to life, you know, like... So that's where it all starts, you know. And then it's going back and, and reflecting on your day, like, what were things I felt today? What, what were moments where I was happy and excited, and like, you know, these were good moments, you know, and recall those. But then, what were moments where I look and I'm like, man, I felt angsty here. I felt frustrated here. I felt just full of anxiety here. And again, it's just it's just um, being aware in a non-judgmental way of these were things that I felt today. And then for me, it's opening myself up to, you know, the divine to say, okay, you know, God, what do you want to say to me about these things? I'll listen. And then after I listen, um, and then I look to the next day, I look to tomorrow and say, okay, based on these things that I've just savored, these things that I've noticed about myself in the last day or a couple of days, here's what I hope to be tomorrow. Here's the progress I hope to see happen in my life. I'm going to commit myself to that so for me just that that prayer of examine a mm. few different times throughout the week and that's just a process that you can go through um you know for 10-15 minutes but um for people who don't know that i actually have a link if you guys you know when you put the podcast out if you Absolutely. want to throw that on there there's a great little resource that people can tap into um, a jesuit priest who teaches people um you know that prayer of examine and just a beautiful way of like being just more mindful and aware mm. of just what's going on in your life and in um, really stepping into just what tomorrow has for you and what you're becoming,
0: yeah. Do you have any any words of encouragement or anything like that for Lincoln uh, as we kind of wrap up here? Man, I just, I just am,
2: I'm at a place of gratitude for Lincoln. You know, I, I savor this town and the people that are a part of this city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so more than anything, just a big, really big thank you to this city because for my family and I, a move and a transition isn't easy, uh, but we have just felt so much encouragement from this place and the people in this place. So keep going,
0: Lincoln. Do that, you know? I have a, I have a request from the producer. Let's hear it. Uh, so being a Christian what what do you where do you think it became like an okay thing for you to be okay with the gray like when when did that happen and like how did how did that come about and like what what kind of like made you deconstruct or reconstruct how you viewed that yeah Good question, Kyle. Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, I he like it. He sits there quietly and nods his head at the <laughs> head. Well,
2: well, it's, you know, seeing just the the beauty that comes from being curious. Um, and so for me, I think just when the curiosity started to build, you just, you find yourself all of a sudden realize, like, I, I grew up in a very specific story.
0: Hmm.
2: I grew up in a very, and, and in particular, all of our stories are, I don't want to say everybody's story is pretty small because there's some people out there who, who they grew up in the midst of some pretty big stories. But I think for a lot of us, like we grew up in a, you know, story that was pretty small. It was our corner of the world. And for me, it's just, you know, being curious. I found myself all of a sudden realizing like, but what if I had grown up there? What if I had grown up there? What you know? How would I be interacting with the world and ideas and beauty and reality and truth and all of these things that we wrestle with? And... I think there was this sense that, for me, as a Christian, this reality that uh, in particular, Jesus never um, frowned on that. you know, He never scolded anyone for that. You know, I think there was this sense of, in fact, with, with Jesus, you kind of saw those who were often on the outside he saw them as insiders you know and those who thought that they were on the inside of everything that was happening jesus often you know had to confront them like no you guys are actually on the outside you know and so you just the more i interacted with the life of jesus i think there was just this sense of it's okay you know to be curious and ask questions and and to trust that um ultimately i want to search for what is is good and beautiful and i believe that that at the end of what is good and beautiful will be true because mm. truth is good and beautiful mm. so rather than say i have truth but then you know exercise that in some type of ugly you know yeah. combative like that's truth truth is beautiful truth is good and so i want to keep pursuing that which is good and beautiful and i'll i'll believe that truth is at the end of it and the longer i do this the more that i engage with this the more that I see, in particular, um, Jesus at the end of that road, you know? But even that can be in someone who I meet, who, you know, they wouldn't say that that's true for them, but in some way, I see goodness and beauty in them, and it's it's like I'm almost seeing Christ in them. Mm. So, you know, th- that's what it looks like for me. So I just share that with the listeners out there, and you know that that's some of my story and that's allowed me to kind of just step into some gray areas and say let me let me keep pursuing that which is good and beautiful <clears throat> you know just relationship with people learning stories being curious loving people right where they're at giving them a space to to be in process where they're at to love people is to love a process it doesn't matter if it's a if it's a friend a coworker a spouse, a child, you know, when, if you're going to love a person, you're going to love a process because people are constantly changing. I'm constantly changing. Everyone's constantly changing around me. So just, you know, creating the space for that. thats beautiful.
1: Kurt, you're so good at what you do. Thank you for doing what you do.
2: Oh man. Well, Hey, I, I love what you guys do. So I'm excited about, you know, just what you guys are doing here, collecting stories from around Lincoln and sharing it. And I'm excited to tune in and have another venue to, to learn some of these stories and the people around.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank You're you. You're
1: welcome. So much, seriously.
0: Sweet. You bingo. Wow.